Hello, welcome to UFC Cage Talk with Ben Bartels. I am your host. Um, you may recognize me from a podcast with Nathan Smith called Podcast Chronicles. This is going to be a podcast with just Ben Bartels and maybe a host or two, whoever wants to come on here, about um, the UFC, which is my favorite uh, sports organization, and MMA in general, and combat fighting sports, which is my favorite uh, sport to talk about. So let's just get right into it. This is episode one of UFC's Cage Talk. So I think a great way to start off the first episode ever is to uh, review the year of 2023 in uh, MMA and UFC. Just to recap the year, I think, you know, some memorable knockouts from last year. Josh Emmett's KO of Bryce Mitchell at 296. Absolutely brutal. Josh Emmett left Bryce Mitchell in a mess afterwards. It was a very hard sight, honestly, but the overall brutality and the way he set up his right overhand knockout was absolutely beautiful. Bryce Hand went in for that a straight punch, and Josh Emmett slipped on the outside of it and crushed him with that right hand overhand, which he's really known for, even though he should really be a wrestler. I think another memorable knockout would be Makachev versus Volkanovski 2. Their first fight was so competitive, uh, arguable fight of the year, which I might get into later, but their first fight was so memorable, fight of the year, uh, super controversial decision. I personally agreed and thought Islam Makachev won pretty decisively, but uh, they set up a rematch, and Volkanovski came in on short notice to fight Islam Makachev in Saudi Arabia, now in Makachev's home turf, where originally they fought in Australia, which is Volkanovski's home turf. So in the second fight, they're fighting in Makachev's backyard, per se. Makachev comes out with a lot of body kicks, lowering Volkanovski's hands in near the uh, end of the first round. Makachev delivers one of the most horrific left high kicks from a southpaw, which is right foot forward lead. That's what a southpaw is. He delivered one of the most brutal left high kicks I've ever seen ever, crumpling uh, Volkanovski. Makachev followed with some very suspicious ground and pound. Uh, maybe a little bit to the maybe a little bit to the back of the head, but that is a discussion for a different day. Makachev defeats Volkanovski by first round KOTKO, which is knockout slash technical knockout. Another very good knockout was Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling. Sean O'Malley, very Conor McGregor-esque this entire week uh, up to uh, before this fight, and even after now, now that he got the knockout, was saying he is going to be the next star, just like Conor McGregor, who is by far the biggest star in the UFC. Sean O'Malley said he was going to be the next Conor McGregor. Nobody really believed him as he was a near 3-1 to one underdog against Aljamain Sterling. But Sean O'Malley, in the first round, stuffs all of Sterling's takedowns and keeps the fight standing where O'Malley is by far better uh, than Sterling and at his best. And at near the uh, middle of the second round, Sean O'Malley slides back after Aljamain misses a left hand and comes in with one of the most precise right hands of all time. The reason uh, this is not knockout of the year is because 
of the follow-up shots. I think an, if you have if you want to win knockout of the year, you have to knock them out cold, no follow-up shots needed or very little. And the reason this isn't it, even though Sean O'Malley's right hand, that dropped Sterling, was probably one of my favorite punches that I've seen all year. He needed a lot of uh, ground and pound to finish Sterling. But he still got it done. New bantamweight champ. Very impressive. I didn't see it coming. I thought Sterling was going to destroy him. But good on Sean O'Malley. Another knockout of the year, in my opinion. And uh, you'll see throughout throughout this uh, uh, these entries for contender for fight of the year, uh, I have a real thing for high kicks, for head kicks. If you land a kick to the head, it is the most brutal, uh, magnificent KOs you could ever get. It's more, it's way more technical and way more uh, beautiful to see than just a right hand to someone's dome or a body kick KO, something like that. A head kick is so impressive to see. That's why this next entry, I'm putting Roman Kopilov versus Claudio Ribeiro. Two Unranked fighters, I think Kopilov is still unranked, but two unranked fighters right now. And Kopilov landed probably the second most brutal head kick of the year. You could hear it echo throughout the arena when his shin connected with Claudio Ribeiro's head. Claudio Ribeiro falls down. Roman Kopilov follows with one hammer fist, and the fight was over. It was amazing to see it happen. Kopilov with the beautiful setup just goes up for a high kick. Boom, done. In like two seconds. Blink and you'll miss it, KO. Now I have Makachev versus Volkanovski 2 as the third best head kick of the year. Kopilov versus Ribeiro as the f- second, but the first, and it's not even close. Let's be honest, guys. Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier was the second best knockout of the year, in my opinion. And Second best head kick knockout of the year. Second best knockout of the year. It was amazing. Poirier was the... Dustin Poirier was the favorite against Justin Gaethje going into this fight. And Justin Gaethje conditioned uh, Poirier by leaning to the right sometimes, kicking the body, anything he could do to lower Dustin Poirier's hands. And since their opposite stances... Uh, Justin Gaethje's left foot forward and Poirier is right foot forward. That opens up the right high kick from Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje comes in with a fake right hand. So he throws the right straight out, fakes it as like a dummy punch. And then he comes up with the right high kick, knocking Poirier out cold. It was amazing to see. Beautiful knockout from Justin Gaethje. And honestly, I'm a little bit biased to this one because I feel like even if I wasn't biased, this would be the second best knockout of the year. But I'm a little bit biased because Justin Gaethje is my favorite fighter of all time. And it was uh, great to see that knockout. And now Justin Gaethje might get a title shot because he's on a two-fight win streak, a decision against Rafael Fiziev, very tough co- uh, up-and-comer contender, and a win over Dustin Poirier, who's been at the top of the division for so long. Um, and now I think it's time to move on to the definitive, I would say, best knockout of the year. I've seen some people, you know, argue about what's the best knockout. It's pretty obvious, in my opinion, what's the best knockout. It is Adesanya versus, uh, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira, too. First fight, Adesanya was dominating Pereira for 24 minutes of that fight, and then 
the unthinkable habits. Pereira lands that left hook that he's known for um, and finishes Israel Adesanya. Um, and the reason this first fight was so special to begin with is because uh, their kickbox- they had um, two kickboxing fights before this where Alex Pereira uh, was now 2-0 against Israel Adesanya. Alex Pereira followed Israel Adesanya to MMA, so he's like the ultimate supervillain to Adesanya. Whatever Adesanya has, Pereira just takes it. And Adesanya goes into MMA, and so does Pereira. And Pereira, now 2-0 against him in kickboxing, finishes him in MMA. So now if you combine kickboxing and MMA, Pereira is 3-0 against Adesanya. Three wins, zero losses. This fourth fight comes around, the second fight in MMA. To prove all the doubters wrong, Adesanya goes in there, world on his shoulders, and he goes and KOs his top rival, who's been his who's been his boogeyman for so long, he knocks him out in the second round, I believe. After a close first round, Pereira uh, hurts or seemingly hurts Izzy with a leg kick in the second round. Adesanya stumbles a bit. Pereira unloads, and then right as Pereira unleashes that left hook that he's known for, that he's finished Adesanya with twice now. Adesanya comes in with a crushing right hand as his back is to the cage, stumbles Pereira, lands another right hand. Pereira falls. Adesanya follows with one or two uh, follow-up shots, and the fight is over. Adesanya beat his rival once and for all. And this and this win for Adesanya is even aged better as Pereira came back very quick from this knockout loss, beat a former light heavyweight champion, where the Adesanya fight was at one, middleweight, 185 pounds. Pereira moved up to a heavier division, which is, which is usually very dangerous because people hit a lot harder there, right? Pereira went up there, fought the two, uh, light heavyweight champion, 205 pounds, fought him, beat him, and then fought for the belt at 205 pounds and won that belt too. So now, right now, Adesanya is the only man to have ever beaten Alex Pereira in MMA. Very impressive feat. Uh, Another fight might be happening in, I believe, April at UFC 300. So keep your eyes out for that one if you're interested. Because that fight is going to be very interesting if Pereira and Adesanya fight for a fifth time in MMA, uh, third time in MMA, fifth time altogether at UFC 300 at a, a heavier weight class where Alex Pereira is seemingly better than he's ever been. Now that was a long tangent of the knockout of the year but I think it's time to move on to the submission of the year. Now, there are so many good submissions, and my pick for winner of the year might be a little controversial because I've heard a lot of people say different submissions and not really this one, but I still think this is up there for by far the best submission of the year. Contender for submission of the year is Damon Blackshear versus... Uh, no, uh, someone's name, and then Johnson. I forgot the man's name, but uh, very, very incredible submission. Blackshear got, I believe, the third or fourth ever twister submission in the UFC. And a twister submission is a very weird submission where, like, a rear naked choke is you just choke them when you have their back, and arm bars when you uh, get their arm and uh, try to hyperextend it. A twister is very different where... It like it's like you're twisting their body a 180 degrees, which is not supposed to do. So uh, they're supposed to tap, and he did. And Damon Blackshear got the third, I think third twister submission ever. 
a very impressive feat. He actually came back a week later after this fight and tried to fight uh, Mario Batista, a very tough fighter, Mario Batista, but uh, lost in that effort. But regardless of how that fight went, Damon Blackshear, incredible submission. Another submission that is very rare and very, very impressive was the submission Davy Grant got versus Rafael Asuncao. Rafael Asuncao is a legend in the MMA and very good jiu-jitsu. If Asuncao had nothing besides striking, he would still do very good with his jiu-jitsu. This fight actually retired Asuncao, but Davy Grant goes, cracks Asuncao with a spinning back fist, which is not only crazy enough, but then Asuncao got up. He now, a little while later, Davy Grant has his feet in the air and he's like upside down on Asuncao behind him. And Asuncao with his feet in the air uh, locks up a choke called a reverse triangle. And a triangle choke is when you place your legs in like a triangle formation and the person's head goes in that triangle and you squeeze and choke them out. He did that reverse to where uh, he's behind them, which is usually very hard to pull off. But Davy Grant pulled it off and hit one of the most fantastic, weirdest submissions I've ever seen in my life. Very good job, Davy Grant, but not submission of the year in my opinion. Another contender for submission of the year... John Jones versus Surreal Gone. The reason this is not higher up is because John Jones versus Surreal Gone. John Jones did submit him in the first round in a heavier weight class after not fighting for three years. Very impressive. But Surreal Gone's not really a wrestler, jujitsu guy. So it wasn't, uh, I wouldn't really say it was John's most incredible feat as Surreal Gone really had no defense for the um, choke which was a guillotine choke at heavyweight to win the heavyweight belt. Very impressive, but not it for me. Another submission on the same card, nonetheless, 285. Uh, one of the best cards of the year, by the way, but 285. Um, Grosso versus Sevchenko had one of the best fights of uh, the year, but also had one of the best submissions of the year, where Alexa Grosso takes the back after Valentina misses a spin move. <laughs> and she takes the back, very crispy back take, very good. And she follows her to the ground and locks up a choke. That wasn't even really a choke. She had her, she had her back, and her arm is on uh, the champion, Valentina Shevchenko's, like, chin. And she just squeezes the ever-living crap out of uh, Valentina Shevchenko's chin. And uh, Valentina Sevchenko has to tap. I mean, I understand. It, when she let go, Valentina's chin was, like, sunburned. It was, like, all... It was, like, so red because of the pressure that was on Alexa Grasso... That Alexa Grasso put on Valentina Shevchenko with that choke. Now, the winner for su submission of the year, and I will die on this hill is Shavkat Rachmanov versus Jeff Neal, which also happened on the same card as John Jones and Surreal Gone, and Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso. Shavkat Rachmanov's submission, a standing rear naked choke, is so brutal and so impressive. I I think, like, Damon Blackshear could win a uh, submission of the year or Davy Grant just based off pure technique or John Jones based off name value. But Shavkat's, when I see that picture of him choking out Jeff Neal, very tough fighter, by the way, Jeff Neal and Shavkat, when I see that picture of him choking out Jeff Neal, 
Jeff Neal has like it it looks like Jeff Neal's drowning. It it is so bad. It is a beautifully horrific not uh submission. And all um, all congratulations to Shavkat for submitting Neal like that after a very tough fight, toughest of his career by far. Now I think uh before time runs up here, I think I have time to talk about the performance of the year in a fight. I think I think some of the best performances of the year include Duplessis versus uh Drickus Duplessis versus Robert Whitaker, who is actually fighting for the title in late January. I think Duplessis versus Whitaker was a very impressive performance from Duplessis. Duplessis was not supposed to win this fight. This was my most confident pick of the year. I thought Robert Whitaker was going to steamroll, destroy Drickus Duplessis. But the complete opposite happened. End of first round, Drickus hits a head and arm throw, takes Robert down, is smashing him up to bits and pieces. And then Robert Whitaker is really saved by the uh, bell to not get just destroyed. Second round starts. Robert Whitaker looks a little bit shaken up, but he still looks like he can do some things here. As Robert Whitaker looks to blitz in like he usually does, you know, bunch of punches in a sh- uh, short amount of time, just moving forward really quickly, pop, 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 pop. Drickus intercepts that with a right jab that Robert really kind of runs into by accident. Robert drops to one knee. Drickus realizes he's hurt, just absolutely bum rushes Robert. Just no technique. Uh, switching stances all over the place. Just punch, 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 whatever you have to do to finish this fight. He just throws his whole, his whole body at him. And Robert Whitaker, unfortunately, because I really like Robert Whitaker, uh, he does succumb to it, and Drigas Duplessis is declared the winner by second-round TKO and has rightfully earned his title shot in January. Jamal Hill versus Teixeira is also one of the best performances of the, of the year, and I kind of have... I kind of... I kind of have a pattern with picking the best performance of the year with huge with huge underdogs winning, and that's why Jamal Hill versus Teixeira... It, uh, Glover Teixeira is the is a contender for performance of the year. As Jamal Hill was not, in my opinion, not supposed to win this fight. Jamal Hill was relatively unproven. He was what the seventh ranked contender fighting for a title. He hasn't really fought any like anyone of note. He fought Johnny Walker, at, which at the time like wasn't that impressive. Now it is because Johnny Walker is is a contender. But at the time, who did he beat? He beat Johnny Walker and Tiago Santos. At the time, that should not have given you a title shot, but Jamal Hill got the title shot on short notice, uh, one-month notice. He came in against Glover Teixeira, the former champ, very uh, tough fighter, very well-proven, just came off a fight of the year versus Yuri Potashka at the end of 2021. So at the start of 2023, Jamal Hill and Glover Teixeira face off, and Jamal Hill absolutely batters Glover Teixeira from bell to bell, it was a contender for fight of the year, but also a contender for performance of the year. It was amazing to see. All respect to Jamal Hill for what he was able to do. But it's pretty obvious what the winner of performance of the year is. It is obviously Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya. Sean Strickland destroyed Adesanya from bell to bell, even worse than Jamal Hill did to Glover Teixeira. Adesanya got dropped 
hard in the first round, and you can tell Adesanya never recover, recovered from that knockdown from Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland walked Adesanya down for five rounds straight. Cardio looked amazing. He looked a f- he looked very different from the fighter that got knocked out by Alex Pereira. He was a better, more well-rounded, technical fighter. His boxing was on a different level. He had push kicks to the body. Honestly, he didn't have that what like sophisticated of a game plan. He just walked him. Uh, he just walked Israel Asanya down with jabs and straights and push kicks, and that was all he needed to win every single. Well, except for the second round, every single round against Israel Adesanya. Especially in a fight that Adesanya, what is, I believe, a minus 600 favorite, which is a 6-1 to one favorite in that fight. Sean Strickland, I wish I bet on that fight, destroyed Adesanya. I bet people who bet on Sean Strickland were very happy that they got six times the money that they bet on Sean Strickland. Very impressive. One of the best performances, best underdogs of all time, and Definitely the best performance of the year. All right, I think I've run out of time here. Um, We talked about the performance, the knockout, and the submission of the year. A nice way to recap uh, the year that was the UFC. Amazing fights all around. One of the better years for the UFC. And this sport's only getting started. We have amazing fights January, uh, this January, February, and March. Already announced UFC 300 is in April. Look out for that. I'm going to make another episode, and I can't wait to discuss how amazing those fights in January, February, March, and April, May, and so on are looking that are already announced. I can't wait. Have a great day, everyone. This is Ben Bartels with you, signing out.